It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. This is another episode, actually the last episode for the year of Frontline Friday with my very special guest, Bridget Gleason. Bridget, how are you? Andy, I am great. Happy end of the year. Happy end of the year. And actually, you know, you've know, you got some news, I think, that you need to tell us about some new assignment that you have. Oh, and I'm so excited about my new assignment. I just got back, as you know, from two and a half weeks in Tel Aviv. I joined a company, a startup out of Tel Aviv called uh, Logs.io, which is in a similar space that I've been in. Well, and tell people so they understand that space. It's the uh, log management and analytics space, mm-hmm. and not logs like um, yeah, Lincoln Logs you, or, or things you like burn Lincoln, in a fireplace. Yes, not like Lincoln Logs, but like the the uh, files logs, that yeah. basically are yeah data logs that are created just by just about everything. So. Similar, similar space and a really great innovative team out of Israel. Lots of great stuff coming out of uh, Tel Aviv, really entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial um, city, actually entrepreneurial country. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just, I feel thrilled to be, uh, to be a part of it. And I'll be, I'll be opening up uh, their U.S. office. So i um, looking for salespeople and sales engineers and really just starting to gen that up. All right. Well, you'll be bombarded with... Uh, Good. Bombard me. Bombard be, me. That's right. Bombard Particularly me. in Boston. Looking for people in Boston. Oh, so there's going to be more than one office? Yeah. We'll do... Yeah. We'll, we'll have a, a presence in San Francisco and we'll build out a team also in Boston. Excellent. Okay. So is there a place that people should uh, contact you with that? I'm super, super easy to find. Bridget at logs.io or LinkedIn. Okay. Um, if you put Bridget Gleason, I'm, it, unfortunately, I pop up all over the place. So I'm Just easy to find. Just a measure of your popularity. So logs know. is L-O-G-Z dot L-O-G-Z dot I-O. Okay. All right. Excellent. Okay. Let's move on to this. So this episode, here we are, last week of the year. Uh yeah, and and I think that so often it's the tendency is when we look toward the end of the year, everybody starts focusing on okay, what's what's going to happen next year? What are we doing? But they always seem to overlook sort of reflecting back on the year that just passed and really understanding what happened or what didn't happen and why not. And um, you know, I think without that reflection, it's really hard to, to really put together a solid plan for the following year. So. How do you do that? I mean, what's what's your sort of you, when you get your own personal process, and then let's talk about how you work with your team when when you get into that. It's a super good question. I think it's a really important practice. I think people think about this, Andy, at the end of the year, beginning of the beginning of a year, at the end of a quarter. I I tend to to try to do it on a more regular basis. So just as part of my process. So as mm-hmm. part of my process, I like to look at what, and be reflective 
at the end of a meeting, at the end of the day, at the like to look back and say what happened. So I would say part of it is is to is to develop a rhythm, a routine, a discipline around reflection, and not waiting for just the big milestones in life, either personally or in business, but to just make it to have a habit of reflection. We can learn so much by sort of being thoughtful and looking at what happened and how can we learn from it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I would say that would be one is just thinking about it as a, um, as a practice. And then at the end of the year, you know, I think we're, we're all maybe perhaps a bit more reflective at the end of the year. And would you, do you want to talk about personal or, or on the sales side? Well, I think that you can't really separate them too much, right? I mean, at some point there's an integration or a crossover, but yeah, let's, we can start with the personal and then work toward, toward sales, but you know, let's see where they overlap as well. Okay. Um, so when I'm doing reflections, sort of looking backward at the end of a, at the end of a year, there, there are different facets of my life that I look at. And obviously business is going to be one of them, but I look at sort of with family. Have I, have, have I had, have the past 12 months been a reflection on how important my family is to me? And they said, you know, you can tell somebody's priorities by looking at their calendar. And have I given my family and the, and, and let's put family and friends in this circle. Have I given them the appropriate attention given how important they are in my life. So I, I, I look at that aspect. I look at health. I look at exercise. I look at, I, I, I journal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I look at how much of, how much time is spent thinking versus doing. Um, and then of course it goes to, to go to the professional and at the beginning of the year, I'm very goal oriented and I write out my goals and what do I want to do? And, and then I always look back and did I achieve them? And if yes, great. Did I overachieve them? If no, why not? And it serves as a good guide for me in terms of, um, the following year and what I want to do or accomplish or change and adjustments. But I kind of, I, I, I wouldn't say that mine's a, it's not formal. Like I don't have a way that I do it every single year or every single day or week or month or quarter, but I, I do in, I, I think being reflective is as a really important and valuable, um, way to spend time. When you talked about, you know, you're very goal oriented at the beginning of the year. And I think this is, you know, worth exploring a little bit because, you know, when you get to the end of the year, are you still, you're really even aware of what those beginning of the year goals were or have they shifted to a different set of goals and priorities? Sometimes they shift, but the way that I make sure that they stay top of mind is part of the, part of this is why I journal and part of my journaling routine is my goals. What do I want to do? Who do I want to be? How do I want to behave? I mean, I, I incorporate that and that keeps in top of mind. I think otherwise, yeah, super easy to forget. Hey, let me look and see what I put down as goals for the beginning of the year. It's very easy for them to slip. 
But having, for me, having sort of this journaling practice uh, keeps goals top of mind for me, for sure. Yeah, well, and I think that you raised a really interesting thing, which is that more than one, of course. But I mean, we'll talk about the start with the issue of of family, because you know this is so important. Especially when people are starting families, you know, pref, you know, you look at the stage of professional career, people with you know begin to the workforce, no families, sort of in that process very soon, families start forming. It uh, it has a big impact on your ability to to succeed at what you're trying to do. I mean, it's been through a divorce, let's say. You know, understands how that can be so disruptive to your work life in ways that you're not even aware of. So, you know, this idea of, of investing in your relationships is, you know, incredibly important on a personal level. It's incredibly important on a professional level. Yeah, and, you know, life interrupts. And it's, unpre- like, we. Do, this is part of the ebb and flow that... I think we just have to accommodate. You know, there's very rarely do people have, in fact, I don't know of any, people have careers that just go sort of uninterrupted in the way that they had hoped and planned. And there will be all kinds of disruptions to our plan and disruptions to our work plan, be it um, a, a baby or, like you said, a divorce or a financial setback or a health issue. And how we, how we respond and how resilient we are in developing that resiliency muscle, I think, is important. I think the things, here's what's been beneficial for me when life is interrupted, what my, when I was on a plan, let's say a work plan, it's, it's actually forced me to be more efficient and to be more efficient in my work life and to be more effective. And you and I have talked a lot about results and how oftentimes we measure activity and not results. Mm-hmm. And when life interrupts in a way that I hadn't planned and, and it needs to take hours out of my uh, work week, what I found it does is it, it's, it's helped me be more efficient and that I know that I still, if I'm in it, this doesn't happen by accident. It's very deliberate that I am able to use that disruption as a forcing function mm-hmm. to help me look at how can I be more effective? How can I be more efficient? How can I do more in less time? Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a, there can be a positive aspect to it also. Yeah, I mean, I, I, too often when we sort of go through this, this process reflecting, again, there's a tendency, I think, that we have to, to start with our failures. And I think that's really important to start with your successes. You know, when you look back on the year, and, yeah. you know, you talked about resilience, you know, where we always encounter difficulties. I mean, for a variety of reasons, you know, this past year has been a, a difficult one for me, is on certain personal levels, is you, know, you have to go back and remind yourself of the successes that you achieved, you know, despite the difficulties. Because, you know, that that's really essential. And I, I, to remind yourself. I and, and agree. Yeah, and we've talked about this in, in other contexts, is, you know, celebrate, celebrate the good times. 
And the other thing I think is really important too, and then let you jump in is, is when you think back is, is what were the unexpected achievements and why did they happen? And that's the other thing I think gets overlooked a lot is there's lots of things that occur that maybe weren't part of your plan yet you still accomplished and they were fairly significant in one dimension or another. What, you know, what was the genesis of that and why did it happen for you? And there's a lot of lessons to learn because, you know, sometimes it's just about being, uh, you know, acting on, on experience and intuition and, and going through gut and going with it and not overthinking things that helps you achieve. And that'd be a great lesson to learn, sir, going forward. Yeah. And sometimes we just got lucky. Which sometimes is okay. It's, which is wonderful. I mean, I think the it, celebrating the serendipity of life also can be helpful um, when things aren't going our way, to remember, like you said, to think about, God, the surprises we got in life that are positive. And some of them we helped bring about, and others was just a little gift that we got. And they're both to be celebrated, but I'm, God, I'm such a believer in also just, like you said, celebrating the successes. Um, in my family, my mom, who is maybe, I think she's 87, God, she, her cup is always, it's more than half full. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter what's going on. She is, it's pouring rain. And she'll say, oh my God goodness, this is wonderful. We've just so needed this rain. The uh, it's dry as can be. Oh my gosh. Isn't it wonderful that we live in a place where uh, we can go outside and we don't have to worry about bringing a raincoat. Mm -hmm. I, I sometimes marvel at her ability to celebrate just Whatever's happening, she's able to see it as something like my sisters and I always say that the sun always shines brighter on my mother, in her, at least in her own mind, it does. Like mm -hmm. she feels she's been given, you know, the best life ever. And there's there's a gift to that, and being able to look at look back and be reflective. And God, if if we're not sometimes Andy conscious and really think about it. We just brush those things under the rug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. And I think we miss something when we do that. Yeah, or we we spend too much time thinking about what occurred before and ruminating on it. And you know, part of the reason I think your mom is able to do what she does is she yeah you know, forgets about not that forgets, but she puts the negative in its proper perspective. So so true. She has a great ability. To, to either to put it in perspective because she, she doesn't forget about it, but she's able to put a spin on it in her mind and and to be really positive. And I'm not suggesting that we should all put a positive spin on everything because we, we it's also important to take a hard look at where we didn't achieve what we wanted to or where, we didn't live up to maybe a standard that we've held for ourselves or whatever it is. That mm -hmm. There's also something very, very valuable about taking an honest look at ourselves. And that's hard. I don't think any of us like to look in, and at the, 
the places where we failed or where we've let ourselves or other people down, whether it's personal or professional, um, it takes a lot of maturity and courage to do that. Yeah, well, I mean, that sort of brings to mind one of my favorite quotes that I I found early in my career. I just talked about this uh, episode not too long ago. Found in Forbes magazine, gosh, long time ago, and <laughs> cut it out and put it, stuck it on a you know magnet on the front of the refrigerator, which was from uh, this whole idea about maturity and and uh, being able to appropriately reflect from Paul Tillich, who was a American theologian philosopher. Yeah, his quote is the awareness of the ambiguity of one's highest achievements as well as one's deepest failures is a definite symptom of maturity. And you know, to me that really struck me is that, you know, there everything's very uh, transient, right? Your successes are transient, your failures are transient. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to appreciate that is is what gives you the maturity to to reflect on I think accurately reflect on what's what's happened in your past year in your life and and make good decisions about okay what do I want to change going forward yeah i like I like that i I read um, recently I may have mentioned it last time a book by Ryan Holiday Ego is the enemy mm-hmm. and just a, a really thoughtful book about um, keeping our own egos in, in check and in, in some ways also not, not taking ourselves so seriously. That's, that's not the, the gist of the book. It really is just keeping, keeping uh, our, egos in, our egos in check. But there's a lot of what we're talking about today that, that makes me think about things he talked about in the book. You know, we're never as great as we think we are and we're never as bad as we as people might say we are so just to have that sort of equilibrium and um not get carried away when our ego gets inflated we think oh my god look at all i've done and all i've accomplished and i'm so important and on the on the other side of it is when things aren't going our way to not go so far down and take it so seriously and personally that it can be um debilitating. Well, and I think that this becomes even more important, and this is a little off track, but it becomes really even more important sort of in, you know, today's day and age where it's so easy for people to make you feel bad or about yourself uh, or uh, it's so easy for people to build you up in a way that that uh, you know, undeservedly so. And the tools exist and and to do that. And so I think this this whole idea of reflection becomes even more important as you talk about doing it frequently because you know you you're you are your only real true measure of that the other thing he said in the book is he was talking about successful people and he said you know we might look on the outside and think oh my god that person is so successful look at all they've accomplished but we actually don't know what their internal measure of success is or happiness. And or happiness and how they're measuring it. And I think that is really interesting 
Um, also, again, we're, we're getting a little bit philosophical and off topic, but I think that's okay at the end of the year, talking about reflective. Sure. Um, one of the things that I had said to my executive coach that she and I, and I've, you and I have talked about this before, but I'm a huge believer in having an executive coach. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a professional therapist, a, a therapist for my work life. And it's, I've, I've just, I found them really, really valuable. And when I was, um, sort of evaluating what, what I was going to do next as I was looking at opportunities before I took this role with logs.io, I had told her that my intention and my goal was that I was going to enjoy this experience and whatever this role brought me, whichever role that I chose, mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy the rewards of it. I'm going to enjoy the challenge. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy it. Life's too short, and so I'm going to, I'm going to be intentional about um, how I, how I think about and how I internalize this role. And you and I also, Andy, have had lots of talks about the stress of the VP of sales role. Mm-hmm. I mean, sales in general, but, but people listening that they think about, you know, moving kind of up from an SDR to an AE to a senior AE, and then I'm a field rep and then I'm a manager. And wow, one day maybe I'll be VP of sales. And not that everybody wants to do that, but it's a stressful role. There's no question. It's a really, really stressful role. And just wanting to, to be in the role, but also to have a different experience with it. And so that's, that was one of the things that she and I worked on. And well, I think a good lesson there is that this whole topic of worry and (laughs) there was a study that's published. And I know I've referred to it before. I think it was just about a year ago that where they surveyed people, no, oh, I think age 60 and up, and you know, what was their biggest regret in life? Or what did one thing do they wish they could have changed looking back? And it was really the answer was really surprising. You know, the, the number one answer by far was that everybody wished that they had worried less. It wasn't make more money, get more education, you know, all the it was they wished they had spent less time worrying. God. And we, 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 I should have that tattooed on my head, <laughs> like on my forehead. On your forehead. <laughs> worry less. So I look in the mirror, worry less. Or like if I were one that was, you know, familiar with the ink, which I don't. I'm not a tattoo person. Uh, yeah, but, but put it on my arms, worry less. Because oh, yeah, I, well, I think that's so significant. We'll do it in henna so it comes off. But Okay. But the... You know, the lesson is, and I think, you know, we think about this and reflecting back on the year, as you think about the big deals you're working on, the big opportunities or the the crucial moments, perhaps at a negotiation or a particular sales pitch, maybe a conversation with, you know, a manager about your future or whatever. Is yeah, what what did the worry get you? I mean, you're going to right, if you're a professional, you're preparing for this, I mean, there's always gonna be a little yeah, you get a little performance nerve. That's fine. But in most cases, it, it extends far beyond that. And yeah, what did it get you? You know, what the time nothing. you spent? Yeah, nothing. So if, if you're turning the, you know, your lens forward and say, okay, as we look sort of what's coming up, and we say, gosh, you know, what are the, from a 
behavioral standpoint or a habit standpoint. You know, what could I, what could I work on? Well, you know, as you do your reflections and you look back and start making that list up, this whole idea of worry, you know, to the degree you can be a little, you know, more mindful, be more in the moment, be more present, you'll be more effective in those situations than if you're distracted by your nerves. Yeah, and I think it's, as with a lot of things, it's so much easier said than done. Oh, I know, but it's a practice, right? I mean, it's... But it's a practice. Everything is a practice. Everything it's is a practice. practice. I mean, it's... I think about my own experience with, with becoming a public speaker over the last four or five years. I remember my first event, you know, that I spoke at uh, in this sort of iteration of my career. <laughs> I was like... Yeah, you know, there was a moment I was like, okay, can I step on stage, right? The, you know, there's so much worry going on. Um, and now, you know, through practice and repetition and so on, it's hardly ever an issue, right? Uh, yeah, I might have, let's say, performance nerves, but I'm not worried about is it going to go well or people can receive me well or so on. And yeah, it's, it's, it's practice. You got to work on it. And so I'm, I'm really, you know, enthusiastic about we're seeing this increased uh, usage and and incorporation of of you know mindfulness practice in work. Mm-hmm. You're seeing much more about it. Uh, you know, there's a I think a conference just happened um, in Washington D.C. where there's a huge attendance of you know, all about mindfulness within the workplace. And big companies have you know managers and directors of mindfulness and so on. So it's the idea about you know being present, being in the moment, meditative techniques to help us reduce the stress in our life. Really important. You know, it's interesting. I was uh, I advise a company up in San Francisco, a little startup called Tint, and I was up there yesterday. It's actually Andy in, in an office space that you and I gave a talk at a couple of years ago in oh. uh, the, up in the mission. Oh, the mission they, yeah. They're, yeah, they're in that office space now. Anyway, um, the CEO, as I was leaving. He said, oh, I have something for you. And he gave me this book called Devotion. And it's about, it's about mindfulness and mindfulness in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so interesting that that's become, that's a big part of what he wants to bring uh, to the table as a CEO and to his company. And um, I, I just think it's, it's a it's it's becoming more and more. I don't want to say it's mainstream, but people are seeing that it's it can be very valuable in the workforce. That we can again have a different uh, a different relationship with our work than it being something that is just a cause of stress and worry and and a paycheck. And so, what was it's the name of that book again? It's called Devotion by Kim Nickel N I C O L. And it's great. It's one of these that he said, I guess she came and was speaking at an event that he had attended recently. And this book, is just a bunch of short, sometimes they're just a line. And he said, you can just open it up at any point and just open it up and, and read and see what it says to you right there. Like the one that the one that I read, which I think is is interesting. In fact, I read it this morning and I sent it to um, a colleague of mine. This one says, um, you are remarkable, powerful, beautiful, caring, strong. You judge yourself so harshly 
but that's because you have such high expectations for what you should be. The person you want to be isn't half as amazing as the person you already are. I like it. Yeah, I mean, just I think, again, different, yeah, those, a different orientation with work and right. what that needs to be like. Yeah, well, I, I agree. And so for people who want to follow up on this, there's that book, Devotions. There's a couple of books I'd recommend. Uh, one that was recommended by your former boss at Yesware, Matthew Bellows, uh, called Turning the Mind into an Ally. Oh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> it's, it's a long name. Um, the last name is Rinpoche, R-I-N-P-O-C-H-E, for you who want to look it up online. And then another great book, uh, also, simple beginner's book written by a gentleman who's really sort of pioneered a lot of the mindfulness work in the United States, Guy named John Cabot Zinn, that's K-A-B-A-T hyphen Zinn, Z-I-N-N, called Mindfulness for Beginners. And yeah, excellent reads for people. Just to sort of understand the concept of mindfulness and how you might begin to incorporate it into your life. And yeah, if it helps with that worry function, and I think if people could document how much time they spend worrying, because inherently I think the time they spend worrying is time they're not spending working, uh, gosh, a lot of productive time that you can free up. Yeah, that's so true. All right. Well, so hopefully we help people a little bit with reflections. Uh, you know, think about the past year, celebrate your successes, especially your unexpected successes. Think about the things you want to do a little bit better going to forward with some behavior changes. Worry less. I think in sales, that's a huge thing is, is, Understand this whole idea of, of you know, where, where worry comes from. As you talk about doing your daily reflections or more frequent reflections after events can really help minimize some of that because you're dealing with it right at the time. You're not letting it sort of fester and something that you end up ruminating about forever. And then, yeah, start, take that first step and start reading about, I my recommendation, start reading about mindfulness or mm-hmm. anything else you think that will help mm-hmm. give you a center, give you a, a little bit of peace, um, Help make you more productive and enjoy what you're doing better. Couldn't agree more. Oh, perfect. I like it when you say that. <laughs> I don't say it often, so <laughs> enjoy it. Enjoy, yeah. Enjoy the success. Enjoy the enjoy the success. Yeah, that's right. Just wait till next year. All right. Well, Bridget, it's been a marvelous year. It's hard to believe it's been a full year. We actually together, it's been a little bit about one uh, gosh, a year and a quarter. Uh, wow. But it's been nothing but fantastic. And always great to talk to you every week. And I know the audience is enjoying it too. So I look forward to another year of this. And uh, we're soon going to talk about your new adventure in an upcoming episode. So people get the details about what it's like back in the front lines to build a sales team from scratch. So happy new year, my friend. And uh, we'll happy look forward new to talking year. soon. And everybody who's listened to this, happy new year as well. Hope it's been a successful year. Hope you have a joyous holiday season and we'll look forward to talking with you all next year have a great one bye now thanks for listening to the show if you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes please subscribe to this podcast on itunes or stitcher.com for more information about today's guests visit my website at andypaul.com